What up? Welcome back to the Stellar Stellar Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Mason Boyd, joined as always by Glenn Enos Jr. and Matthew Souza. Hey. And guys, we have our teams. Football is in two days. It's week one. It's week one. It's week, it's week one. One. Oh it. my God. And you know what we say. Before you know it, it'll be week seven, it'll be week 10. And then it'll be over. And I'll be dead. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you will. <laughs> um, I got one foot in the grave already. I'm not so let's enjoy stuff. it while it lasts. Sousa, before we get to the news, let's talk about this because we had we had our 14-man draft on Friday night. Mm. How do you guys think it went? For, uh, for me personally, or just the draft itself? Uh, Overall. You can you can do both. All right, I will. For me personally, it did it was piss poor in terms of what I was hoping for. I didn't get any guys that I was targeting. I wanted um the my first two picks were okay. I knew I was probably gonna get Mixon. And I was happy to get Adams on the back um in the second round. But after that. I wanted guys like Mike Williams. Mason sniped him right before me, right before me. Uh, I wanted someone like a Kyler or Jalen Hurts. They went, so I'm like, okay, my pick's coming up. I got to go Russell Wilson. Glenn takes him. So all of those quarterbacks are gone. Mike Williams was gone. Um, and the problem was, after those guys were gone, I didn't have a confident backup. You know, I was looking at my list. I'm like, I don't – even with all the time on the clock, I mean, looking at my list, I don't – really feel great about the guys I'm about to draft, like a David Montgomery or like Burrow where I took him. I kind of wanted to pass and maybe wait for Lance, but I didn't want to take that chance and get stuck with like Derek Carr. Um, so I grabbed Burrow, kind of kind of reached a little bit. I think I took him over Dak actually. So it, you know, it is what it is. But the draft overall, I think everyone, I think my trouble was a testament to how great everyone drafted. I mean, everyone was pinpoint like accuracy in terms of where players should be going. There was no reaches. There was no egregious picks anywhere. There's no stupid picks. Everyone was, it was pretty much an expert draft. And as far as I'm concerned, so props to the league. Yeah, definitely big props to the Westport league. I don't know if it's because it's (laughs) our 11th, (laughs) our 11th season. I don't know if it's because we had extra days to prepare knowing the draft order, but this draft on Friday night was the most like it was like a culmination of 14 guys who actually did their homework on the draft. And usually in our league, you know, we'll see somebody and I'm like, holy shit, you reach for him that bad or holy shit. It was like, I made my own spreadsheet because, because the ESPN rankings are so bad. Mm, and yeah. I, I tried to, you know, base it off, you know, how I felt about certain players and who I would get over who and making my own positional rankings. And literally the first 13 picks, that like the first, I'm sorry, the first 12 picks, I had 13, were ones that I just had going down in the order. And I was like, this is unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. No one fell um, for the ADPs on ESPN, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, again, obviously, it's going to happen every single year with my dad taking the first quarterback off the board. And the first, and the first defense. First defense, <laughs> you know. It's basically, that's basically about how it. it was. But that's, yeah. you expect that. Right. Um, I like my team. 
even though I don't have an RB2, but that's okay because we have our, we're in a long season. And Mason, this week I'm going to show you why it's going to be a long season for you. Yeah, I believe that when Tyler Algier puts up more than five points. Oh, I'll tell you what. I love it. I don't even know if Tyler Algier will need to put up more than five points to beat your sorry-ass team. Shit. <laughs> that's funny. Sorry, Mason, who won last year between us week one? Me. All right. It's nice. not my turn. <laughs> uh, you could think so. That's fine. How do you think your draft went? I mean, uh, I, I, I'd like to say you're trying to change up your strategy a little bit. Now I look at your team and you got usually the same guys you always draft and Brandon Cooks and uh, Kirk Cousins and fucking whoever else. Well, no, look. All right. So my thing is. I finally put respect on Brandon Cooks' name, and I actually kind of finally put some respect on Kirk Cousins' name as well. I don't think that Kirk Cousins is a – like the distinction is, do I think that he's a Super Bowl caliber quarterback who can lead your team to the chip, he can put the team on his back? Absolutely not. But from a fantasy perspective, he will consistently get you 17 to 20 points a week, and he will get you games where he gives you over 25 at least once or twice a year. Sometimes it's more than that. Usually, I mean, when the season started last year, he was very, very good. And then Adam, Adam Thielen obviously got hurt, and that was a huge blow to them. Also, uh, they didn't have their starting tight end all year with Irv Smith going down pretty early, if I remember correctly. So, look, um, but, I mean, my my strategy this year was, um, was to go hero RB. Uh, I got Alvin Kamara at pick nine, which – was consistent with all the mocks that I did. Um, I was hoping to get Kelsey on the backswing, but Jake sniped him from me. Uh, so I got Mark Andrews, which I was still very content with. I still think he's a top three tight end. Um, and, you know, I like, I think the thing about my team this year that it is opposed to other years is that I have good depth. Um, you know, let's say even if one of my wide receivers doesn't work out, I took DeAndre Hopkins in round eight. So I've got him on my bench. Hopefully I can get for, through the first few weeks. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I, I like Rashad, Rashad Penny as my RB2. Um, the only thing I'm a little I'm a little nervous about is my, hey, hey. Is my depth hey. at <laughs> is my depth at um Running back a little bit, it's a little, a uh, little sketch, but we'll see what happens there. Um, I like my team, um, and then obviously, I don't know if you want to talk briefly, Glenn, about about Craig's draft. Uh, but also, oh, real quick, I also like you guys. I want to give props to the rest of the league because I think you know, really, it was a really intense draft. Honestly, like you know, yeah. we were joking around and stuff, but like there was not a lot of banter once the drafting started. Like people were, like pretty focused. Um, I think it's just a testament to, you know, the buy-in that everybody has in this league. And it's why it's a good league because everyone legitimately cares. I feel like, you know, you hear horror stories about a lot of other leagues where, you know, you have that guy who doesn't set their lineup, but that's never been a problem in our league. Um, besides well, Tidwell. Besides Tidwell. But I mean, even then, that was like what, the first <laughs> was four a long or five time years. Ago. Right. You know, that was a while ago. So, I mean, it's just a testament to everybody, the buy-in that we have and how much everyone cares. And it's, it's, it's nice because, honestly, it's, it's great to, you know, to do that. Obviously, we're trying to kick each other's faces in every week. But, uh, but still, it's, it's, it's fun, you know. 
Yeah, shout out to the Westport League uh, group of veterans, group of guys who love to play fantasy, and that's what it's all about. Um, everything that the Westport fantasy draft was um, was the complete opposite in the Jim Skip draft. As far as like people dead on with their picks, I'm, I'm not saying I didn't have a. I had a great time at the Jim and Skip. Yes, Jim and Skip draft because I had donuts. I had to get my own coffee though. Whatever. Yeah, and um, it was a good setting at uh, Craig's sister's house, and the dog was great, Baker. But very cute. Very cute. When the draft board was put up on the TV, and I picked twelve out of twelve in the twelve man. I'm thinking, oh, I'll probably go with the same strategy I had with pick 13 and the 14, man. And hopefully I can get, uh, you know, DeAndre Swift to fall to me. And maybe if I can't get him, I might have to go Saquon because no other running backs will get off the board. And I'm seeing the picks go through. Pick, 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 pick. I'm like, hmm. I'm like, well, that guy's falling. And that guy's falling. And like five picks later, Najee Harris is still on the board, pick 12. And I was like, this is unbelievable. I'm going to take him, and I'm going to take DeAndre Swift, and I'm going to take your lunch money. That's <laughs> exactly what I did. Um, the rest of the draft, it was just like a lot of people had ideas on who they wanted to get and what was moving forward. I built up a structure with those two running backs. I said, I, I think I know who's going to fall in this spot, and I was right with ETN falling back to me. Got him. Got some wide receivers too. Um, some picks were just – Outlandish. I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers was the third quarterback off the board after wow. Josh Allen and yeah. Herbert. He went round four. I'm almost positive. I think Rodgers went before Mahomes. Yeah, he did. Which is, I don't know if that's exuding and, confidence in Aaron Rodgers. And it wasn't even the guy who's a Packers fan. It was someone else. I, I don't I don't know. It's crazy. Um, that's wild. But the biggest shock of the Jim Skip draft, and I know this isn't a pro Miles Sanders podcast. And Miles Sanders, if you listen to this, I'm sorry, man. Get a fucking touchdown, and maybe I won't shit on you. <laughs> but he's the starting running back on a Philadelphia Eagles team. Young, has potential. Now, the thing is, in the past, and what we've always shot on in this podcast was his ADP. In the past two seasons, two years ago, he was going in the first round. And I said, what the fuck does this guy, has he done to go in the first round of a fantasy football draft? And then that, that, that take lived up to the hype. A year later, he was going in like the third round, fourth round. I'm like, again, why am I drafting Miles Sanders to be my RB2? Mm-hmm. No, his ADP is where it should be because the, the setting is there for him to succeed in Philadelphia, but it's on him. It's on the Eagles to give him the ball. And if you draft him as your flex, that's a good that's good value as far as what he should be doing and the volume he should be getting. I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with is him being on the board and somebody taking Kenneth Gainwell instead of him. Wow. I, I could not believe that, dude. That was – I mean, look – that I think was the pinnacle, but I mean, I, I mean, I think you know where I'm about to go with this. I cannot, I cannot believe I had the second pick, right? I picked Christian McCaffrey with my first pick uh, because, you know, I had kind of the realization in the moment, like 
if I'm not picking Christian McCaffrey, like obviously there's injury risk there, but if you're not picking him, you're not picking to win your league, you're picking to not lose it. And that's the mentality that you have to have. Obviously it's a risk, but if it pays be, off. That might be the best advice you've ever said in this podcast, Mason. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on a t-shirt, baby. Uh, if, like if, he, if he pays off, obviously he is by far and away the best fantasy football player. I was telling, talking to Suze about with this um, before the, we started recording. I'm pretty sure McCaffrey's best season, he scored well over 400 fantasy points. And Jonathan Tate, he was the number one player in all fantasy, obviously. Last year, Jonathan Taylor scored like 370. And he was the uh, he was the top running back. So, like, that is a huge difference. That's how good he is. In the games where he played full games, he averaged 25 points, points a game. So, it's obviously, it's a risk, huge risk, huge reward. Anyway, I had the second pick. So, kind of like Glenn... I'm just seeing the picks go and go and go, right? And Travis Kelsey is sitting right at the top of the draft board. And I'm like, there's no way that he gets back to me too, right? There's no way. Like, he typically goes – sometimes I've seen him go as high as pick number eight, right? Goes through the swing. Obviously, Glenn takes Swift and Najee, which is completely understandable. And I I completely understand those picks. Uh, But then it – people start going that are supposed to be well after him ADP wise. And I'm like, there's no way. And Brendan and Glenn even looked at me and they're like, don't even expect him to get back to you, bro. There's no chance. Right. Brendan and Jake both go, they both take different people. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? He makes it all the way back to me at two. I, I think the person before me picked somebody else. I literally did not even, as I got up, I said this. I didn't even have to think about this. I hit draft. I was like, I've never seen someone get up faster from their chair than Mason <laughs> to hit draft Travis Kelsey in the second round. <laughs> and then on um, the backswing, I got Cortland Sutton. So, I mean, like, that's if McCaffrey pans out, that's three potential number one at their position players. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Back up, back up. You think Cortland Sutton's going to be number one in his position? I think he can be. Damn. Uh, I don't know. That's what you meant. I think you meant just like wide receiver one, like a wide receiver one. No, I think he like can top be 12, top, top one. Top, uh, top one. I think he's <laughs> top, top one. I mean, I think he can be wrong. number one. I think he could be top three. I mean, look, when he had bum ass Paxton Lynch throwing him the ball, he had what? Uh, I forget what what's, he was. He was top uh, fourteen. I know that, and that's Paxton Lynch. He sucks. I don't even think he's in the NFL anymore. Um, that's a enough. hot take. That's very hot. Colton Sutton one. Uh, you might want to save that for the end of the episode. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, the drafts this weekend were cool. Um, Craig and Jim and Skip had himself a little bit of a good time with pick seven. Uh, of course, he has to. <laughs> get my guy that I have in the Westport League, C.D. Lamb. And then I had to make sure that he didn't get another one of my guys in Amon Ross St. Brown, who's a pick before him. And I had to yell upstairs saying, is anyone going to take Amon Ross St. Brown? He keeps getting disrespected. And then the guy who was picking looked down at him. He's like, you think I should take him? I mean, he's right there for you. He's the top one on the queue. You're going to take him? He's been there for too long. And Craig's like, shut the fuck up, Glenn. And he's like, yeah, he's like, you look at my score. He's like, how many flexes in this league? He's like, two flexes. He's like, yeah, I'll take him. 
Craig, collusion. I could, I could feel the anger. Draft collusion. I mean, I try to look the other way, but I could still feel it on the back of my neck. His eyes just boring into the back of your head. Yeah. But I couldn't let him have CD and Amonwa. Then we'd be cheering for all the same people. I don't like that. I like that. Um. All right, Susan. Now it's your time to shine. Week one. <laughs> now, that, now the thing is, we've given you, we've given you eight weeks to practice fucking news. Okay, so I want this to be the best news to kick off the season. Week one. This is the news with Susan. Actually, I don't think you guys. Uh, I don't think my thing's hooked up. You can't hear that, right? No. No. Damn. Damn. Well, yeah, it's not working. Um, for some reason, the the news list I'm looking at on Sleeper, like it, it changed from the time that we started to what it is now, and there's less information on it. Great. Great. Sutton has been definitely Russell Wilson's favorite in practice. Not particularly close either is uh, this little headline I got here. I emoji. <laughs> Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Just saying. The great Allen Iverson once said, we're talking about practice? We're talking about no game. We're talking about practice? I mean, I gotta... you practice to play the game. You don't practice about... differently than what you would do in the real but... game. We're talking about practice? I got to see it, man. All right. I'm a, I'm a big Colton Sutton guy, but... Who knows? Jerry Judy might have the big game week one, and then we're going to see. Don't Russell say Wilson that. Really looks like he likes Jerry Judy. And then, uh, you know. Are you playing Jerry Judy? Oh, I am. Yeah, I'm playing Craig as Jerry Judy. <laughs> Don't say that. So, uh, moving on. Stafford's elbow injury could be an issue all season, says the team. Very worrisome. We had Very talked worrisome. about this. We had talked about this uh, originally. Um, Obviously, depending on the position you play, varying degrees of, you know, alarm. But I'd say quarterback, especially homeboy throwing completely sidearm, I feel like he needs that, you know? So so what are we worried about? I'm what, worried about him. What are we worried about? Uh, I'm worry worried about, about Stafford being stubborn and playing through this, never wanting to rest it, and just being not 100% all year long, which hurts anyone he throws to. Yep, Cooper Cup. So you're saying Fucking, because uh, this, this elbow injury is going to happen all year long, you don't have faith in Cooper Cup? I never said I don't have faith. I just said it's worrisome. I don't think he'll be able to deliver a n- number one performance for Cooper Cup with that elbow. Do you think he'll be, be able to deliver a top five performance for Cooper Cup? He could. It's possible. But there's added risk, no doubt about it. There's added risk for all the pass catchers there. I'm not and worried Stafford about Matt owners. Stafford. Matt Stafford's a baller. Matt Stafford plays through the pain. If Matt Stafford can't go, then he won't go. A little, little elbow tendonitis, whatever he's got, ain't going to hurt him. If, he can, if he's all good right. enough to play football, he's good enough to get the ball to his receivers. Dude's been doing it for too long at such a high level. You heard it here first. The Bucks prefer to lighten London Fournette's snap count. What? This year. Yep. I came out yesterday. 
Interesting. Are you serious? I'm reading it. I'm trying to win a dynasty championship with Leonard Fournette. Well, you might have to wait for that. I've, <laughs> I don't know. He's he's good. He can be good. I'm personally off the Bucks this year. I think this could be Tom Brady's. Say it. The beginning of the end. Say it. I'm not. I'm not saying that wild claim that we talked about earlier, but I think this could be uh, the start of the Peyton Manning regression that we saw with him. Dude, I don't know, man. Not that he has a noodle arm, but I don't know. I just I don't see the Bucks being as good as they were last year. I think there's going to be a dramatic drop off. What, what makes that you hurts say that? everybody? What makes you say that? It's a gut why thing. this year? It's a gut thing. It's a gut thing. Yeah, well, maybe you just need to pass some gas because I think that's a bad take. Maybe it's because I'm high on NyQuil. Take a trip to the bathroom. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jalen Waddle's back at practice. He's been uh, hurting a little bit, so that's good to see. J.K. Dobbins was seen with a noticeable limp a few days ago at practice off of a certain play, so that's something to consider. He's, he hasn't, he's not 100% healthy, J.K. Dobbins. Did you see his tweet? No. The dude who say he's 100% healthy. The dude, the dude who tweeted that video, I think it was like Adam Kaufman or whoever it was. He's like, he's like J.K. Dobbins with a noticeable limp, and then they tweet the video. He responded to it on Twitter. He man, he said, "Shut the fuck up, man! I ain't limping." That's so fucking funny. Or something like that. I got it's something of that context. Might not be word for word, but he does tell the guy to shut the fuck up. Yeah, that's Oh my god, it's good. Also, yeah, Chris Godwin shut his knee brace the other day as well. So that's a la Forrest Gump. News. I was just gonna say. Now, when you say shut his knee brace, you mean like he had it on and then was just running, and I mean, then that, it just fell off. That is what shed means. It's so just I, like the last rep at practice. Brady's like, "We need this touchdown." He's like, "Run, Godwin, run!" And then he makes that cut, and he cuts so hard that his knee brace goes, and it shatters. And he see jumps up, makes a one-handed catch fade, toe tap. Come on, Godwin, I can direct him. Godwin looked down on his legs, and he just looks up. And he's like, like that thing, like that little Forrest Gump kid does. <laughs> I mean, that's what you have to envision when you see the word shed. So, yeah. Oh, finally, I got all the news I was looking at before back. Jesus. Uh, all right. Um, so Trey Serban on the 49ers, I don't know if we mentioned this last week, but he was he got cut. See you. My, he, Trey Sermon's lucky my soundboard ain't working because I would lay the biggest fart sound right now into this microphone. That's so it's so weird how they like he was injured, like he was out all last year. Like didn't he tear his ACL or something? He fucked something up. Like he was out for the whole year. They refused to play him too. They just like other it's guys okay. that they have, but um, I forgot. What was that, up. Megan? Where is it? <laughs> One of the cats just knocked oh. over the baby gate. Oh, the Eagles have Trey Sermon now, so yeah, yeah even do. more shit in that backfield. Well, it was weird because I was seeing reports that Trey Sermon looked the best at training camp for the 49ers, and then they cut him. You can't another, always another... trust what you're hearing, right? Yeah, fuck Kyle Shanahan. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Kyle Shanahan either cuts his fucking running backs or he cuts their ACLs in their fucking sleep. Right. Then they're out for the year. That's, That's my conspiracy. Up. That's just waking up, pulling the covers up. You see Kyle Shanahan with a pair of scissors that you need. 
He tries to do the whole thing, but it's like that episode of Drake and Josh every time where uh, uh, Megan tries to shave off Josh's mustache because when he gets halfway. Yeah. So they're only they he only usually gets through one ligament when he's trying to do the that's whole disgusting. thing. <laughs> um, and the last that's my, gonna... that's my conspiracy theory. That's why all the running backs have janky ass knees in San Francisco. I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, one of the last things I'm going to say is that it's a hype piece. Says there's no shock if Ramondre Stevenson gets early down duties in New England, which which is contrary to a piece I read. A few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago that said Damian Harris is expected to get three third three down rolls, like first, second, and third down. So yep. well, and it's Bill Belichick we're talking about too. So you never well, know what's going on. Susan, what does your gut say? My gut says that Stevenson is gonna be the man. I think you it's got- gonna catch I think it's gonna catch passes and that's gonna be the difference maker. Fight the you bet think, on one of them. You think uh Damian Harris to the goal line guy though? Probably, yeah. Because that could be a problem. Hey, I don't like I mean if Stevenson's out there catching passes, that's fine and Danny, but he's kind of capped if he ain't getting touchdowns. I mean, look, you're probably gonna run into the same problem that you ran in with both of them last year, where you know, Damian Harris would give you like the most ugly twelve points a game he possibly could because he'd get a touch some touchdowns, but not a lot of I, I you guys know this. I was not high on the Patriots backfield because I think Last year, there was a definitive Damian Harris was the guy, and Ramondre Stevenson kind of came in there, like, in the middle of the season. Uh, but, I mean, it's just the situation so cloudy because my understanding from what I hear from, like, reporting and stuff, Ramondre Stevenson is, is better. Like, he's the more explosive back. He's a better pass catcher. Obviously, he runs like a fucking freight train. Um, so, I mean – I feel like I didn't feel good about drafting Damian Harris this year because I feel like it's almost one of those things where it's a matter of time before Ramondre Stevenson has the hot hand in the game and then Bill Belichick says, all right, we're going to ride into the next game. And then he does it again. And then Damian Harris is, you know, making sure his bench spot is warm for when they switch to defense. It's fair. It's fair. It's a tough team to own the backfield on. Plus, I just don't think they're going to be in the red zone. Enough. The offense is going to blow this year, so I don't. Know. Even with Devontae Parker, yes, even with Devontae Parker, <laughs> what Mac Jones? Mac is boned. The Mac attack. The last thing we're going to say here is that it appears that there doesn't seem to be any um, surprise week one absences. Any players who has been kind of on the fringe heading into this week seem like they're going to play. James Robinson is looking good. Alan Lazard and Christian Watson on the Packers are looking like they're going to play. Um, who else? Russell like Russell Gage is expected to play. Like Irv Smith on the Vikings expected to play. Jalen Waddle. So um, no noticeable Week One absences yet, unless it's been an obvious thing like uh, J.K. Gallup. Dobbins maybe. Michael Gallup ain't playing. Oh yes, he said notable. Anyway. Uh, James Robinson, quick note on him. I saw an article on Reddit today that said Doug Peterson considers him to still be the lead back in the backfield. So, yeah, that's, that's why I want nothing to do with, with ETN. Do that information what you will. What, Glenn? No, I'm going to kick your butt twice as hard. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I love it. Let's go. Let's get into this. All right, man. It is week one, which means 
before we can talk about fantasy, we got to predict the fantasy. At the end of the year, as you loyal listeners know and you loyal watchers on the Twitch know, we have our stellar award show every single year where we hand out awards to the best and the worst in fantasy football for that season. Which means, at the beginning of the year, we like to do some preseason predictions as to who we think could walk away with those awards. So, without further ado, let's just get into it. We'll start with our first one. And this is going to be the, what? I just think it's important to note that we have no idea what any of our picks are. So, which adds to the fun of the surprise element. But we could run into the fact that we might be picking the same guys and we just don't know it yet. Well, I say this. If, if one of us goes first and we both have the same guy, the guy who goes second has to change because the first guy went first. I'm not changing. I'm just going to add to whoever talks about my guy. Oh, you're I don't have change. a backup. Well, you're going to have to think of one. Think I'm of, not going to need to. Listen you guys to are picking gut. my guys. Listen to what your gut's saying. My gut's hungry. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right. Uh, we'll start with you then, Susan, since you're ready. Oh, shit. The 2022 right. Steal of the Draft. Ooh. Let's go. Who will be the player who is going to just shatter – their ADP, and uh, possibly move up that list for next season. So my steal of the draft is someone that I got in the back half of round five in a 14-man league. There we go. <laughs> what? Hold on. Somebody do... I got on my team No, I'm just my saying. gut. Because I'm a genius and no one else saw it. I can't see – he's like number 66 off the board. I did not add up how many receivers went before him. But I'm going with 65. Adam Thielen as uh, – wait, what is it again? Steal the, dra- steal the draft. All right, I'm under the weather. My head's a little cloudy here. Steal the draft is Adam Thielen. You're Everybody- so lucky my soundboard ain't working. <laughs> Everybody loves to be off of Adam Thielen. He gets injured. He's old. Justin Jefferson. Yes, he's been dealing with some injuries, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have it. If you look at last year and the games that he played all the snaps on or like 90%, whatever his average is, just a per game basis, which is well over 10, I think it's 11 games. He averaged 14 and a half fantasy points per game, half PPR. And then, obviously, he got hurt and, and missed the rest of the season. And that was last year with Jefferson. The year before with Jefferson, he was a top 10 dude. Unless he gets hurt, which I'm not banking on him just, oh, he's getting hurt again. Um, he's going to be great. I think he's going to outperform. He's definitely going to outperform where his ADP was to where he probably should have been, like, third round, early fourth. Maybe, like, with the Mike Williams of the world. But people disrespected him, and I just don't understand why i'm not buying it adam thielen steal the draft i'll give you one reason why he was good last year and he's not gonna be good this year last year i own him this year you own him. <laughs> oh i thought you were gonna say like irv smith or something expert fans no um i no i like adam thielen susan i'm not i'm not gonna shit on that as steal uh steal the draft i just think there's better picks than adam thielen as to steal the draft um, I think Adam Thielen will have double-digit touchdowns, barring he stays healthy the whole season, uh, because he's that guy. 
he's good. I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, sit on this podcast and shit on Adam Thielen, regardless of how old he is or how white he is. I'm not going to do that. Um, however, my steal of the draft, Mason, I'm, I might need your help here because I, I know you're the ADP guy. Okay. My steal of the draft is going to be the running back for the Green Bay Packers, not named Aaron Jones. I'm talking about A.J. Dillon. And Mason, if you could please tell me what his, AD, what his ADP is, because I'm going to tell you why he's about to shadow that. Well, I, I can't really – shit. All right, hold on. Let me go to – While he looks, I'm just going to say Adam Thielen was a 22nd wide receiver taken off our draft board. AJ right. Dillon is pick forty-five. On pick forty-five. Yeah, let me make sure. I can tell you who, how many went before him yes. in a minute. Half point PBR. See, I think Pinacho reached on AJ Dillon when he got him. Um. Well, forty-five. So. Uh, forty-five divided by. He was a twenty-fourth right, running back off of our board. So, in a 12-man league, that is bottom-tier RB2. What I'm saying, to be your steal of the draft, is that A.J. Dillon is going to finish top 10. That's how it's going to be. And you know why, Susan? Because I'm sticking to that take I had a few weeks ago to where Aaron – I'm sorry, to where A.J. Dillon is going to have more touchdowns than Aaron Jones. And even though Aaron Jones is going to have a great season, A.J. Dillon – is going to be hitting that end zone. Because it's just going to be I've, better. Because here's the thing. As good as Aaron Rodgers is, and as much of a dickhead he is on first and goal, second and goal, third and goal, fourth and goal, he is missing his biggest red zone target in Devontae Adams. No longer are the days to where you can just fucking give it to Devontae Adams and then he's in for the score. Oh, he has the classic zig route and the, yep. the, within the five. Works every time. Who, who the fuck's doing that on this team now? Randall Cobb, maybe 10 fucking years ago he might be. I don't know. Unless a rookie receiver like Dobbs or Watson proves that they can do that, or Sammy fucking Watkins, I don't see the goal line stuff happening from Aaron Rodgers. And as good as that Green Bay Packers team is, they're going to be in the red zone constantly, and that is where A.J. Dillon territory is. He's going to march his ass into that red zone. I'm saying at least. Ready for this? You thought James Conner was was bad last year. Aaron Jones is going to have at least 15 rushing. I'm sorry. A.J. Dillon is going to have at least 15 rushing touchdowns this year. Holy shit. Damn. That's like like fringe top five, possibly. I don't know if I have the yardage. I don't know if I have the yardage because, you know, between the red zone and the numbers – that might be Aaron Jones' territory. It might be like Rodgers' territory. Maybe like a LeGarrette Blunt of old. Where he had yeah. like 18 I, touchdowns, 11 I, from the one-yard line. <laughs> I think A.J. Dillon will have a similar season to like Garrett Blunt did in that year on the Patriots. And that's why he's going to be your steal of the draft. Very nice. We say that, Mason. I think that's a good pick. Um, I am going to go with uh, someone that we discussed a few minutes ago. I'm going to go with James Robinson. Um, I think where you're getting him right now is kind of crazy. He's not, if I'm not mistaken, he went in round nine in our draft. His ADP 
is, hold on one second, I just saw him. Where did he go? Where did he go? Which way did he go? Uh, he's going 116, right? So I think that's kind of where he went in our drafts, kind of in line with where they have him ranked on fantasy pros. But, I mean, Doug Peterson, historically as a coach, usually employs multiple backs. We have seen that James Robinson is very capable of being a number one back. Obviously, he did it his rookie season. Last year, he was pretty good, despite the fact that, that there was weeks where Urban Meyer was an absolute bozo and basically didn't play him for no reason. He was still good, and I think he will continue to do that because from what I've heard, Etienne is more of a, a pass-catching back, where as James Robinson is going to run it down your fucking throat, and he can do that. Um, and I think like kind of your – your reasoning for AJ Dillon, Glenn, I think James Robinson is going to be a touchdown machine. I expect there, a lot of people are expecting the Jaguars offense to be more dynamic this year, more explosive. And that means more scoring. And if they're going to be in the red zone more, then that benefits James Robinson, because I think in close charted situations, he is going to be able to capitalize as opposed to Travis Etienne, who's better catching the ball out of the backfield. So, yeah. Where he's going now, I think he has the opportunity to really, really, really be good for what you're drafting him for. It's like a flex position. I think he could he could potentially finish as uh, an RB two. I like it. He was a guy I was trying to target in all the drafts towards the end. Um, he was just yet another guy who I had highlighted as a get this dude, and he just went before me. So I like it. All right, so I steal the draft picks are in. Um, next up is the Trash to Treasure Award, which means in 2021, this player was dog water, dog ass, dog food, <laughs> fucking dog. You wouldn't, you wouldn't even contemplate starting this player. Who is going to be that guy that was last year? But now, this year, you can't have him out of your lineup. I'm going to go? I'll go. Go ahead, go ahead Mason. I'm going to go with Brandon Ayuk. And it pains me because I'm picking all people from Panacho's team. <laughs> but Brandon Ayuk, uh, I think, has the opportunity. And I know Craig probably in, the, in this chat is going to say, what the fuck, bro? That's gross. I had him last year. You fucking suck. Listen. From my understanding, him and Trey Lance have had a connection, uh, connection, a connection, <laughs> a connection. <It's> a connection. <laughs> They've had a connection in camp, um, and he's looked better with him at quarterback. And I mean, look, as bad as he was, comparatively speaking, ADP wise, last year he was bad, right? But I mean, ultimately. He still didn't finish the season terribly. Uh, you know, his last four weeks, or really his last six, he had 18, 11, 7, 15.6, 4.1, 12, 11.4, 13.7. So where you drafted him, not great. But those are relatively consistent numbers. And I think – here's the problem with the 49ers offense. I think one of the three of the 
the big three there, which is Ayuk, Kittle, and Debo. One of them is going to su- uh, is going to suffer. One of them is going to be on the outside looking in, and I don't think it's Ayuk. As a matter of fact, I think Ayuk is going to benefit from Trey Lance being the quarterback. So I think it's between Kittle and Debo as to who suffers more as a consequence of Trey Lance being the quarterback. So that's why Ayuk is my trash treasure, especially considering he went at the end of round six, beginning of round seven. I like it, Mason. I do like it. Susie, you got something better? Um, not from your perspective, because I already know your opinion. But my trash to treasure is going to be Alan Lazard. I thought you were going to say Adam Thielen again. <laughs> I did not. Adam and, Thielen for everything. And Glenn can't. And Glenn can't hit the poop button because it's not connected. Uh, oh, this is this is what a fail. Hold dude. on, hold on. I got you. This was the episode <laughs> to fucking hit the poop button. So basically, I mean, the the, the narrative's obvious. You have Devontae Adams out of there who has always commanded a shit ton of targets, gotten a shit ton of touchdowns. Who's going to step up into that role? There's many options, but it's a complete toss-up. I mean, is it going to be a rookie, Romeo Dobbs? Is it going to be Alan Lazard, who's been there for a while? Is it going to be the veteran Randall Cobb, who's been with Rodgers his whole freaking life almost? But the talk of the town is Alan Lazard is going to be the number one guy. And even Aaron Rodgers is on record of saying Alan Lazard is the number one receiver on the Packers. So that alone tells me I'm going to go without Alan Lazard as the dude, as the more likely guy to benefit from Adam's absence. And those are some pretty big shoes to fill. And even if he gets like 60 to 80% of that, he's going to be great. And you're going to need to start him every week. All right. (laughs) I just, uh, well, see, what, what bugs me is, and I get it, it's a different situation now. Now it's his life after Devontae Adams. Now you've had a whole offseason to prep without Devontae Adams and get that mindset that you don't have Devontae Adams on your squad anymore. But there's been times in the past where Devontae Adams has missed games and everyone fucking rushes to the waiver wire and says, yeah, give me MVS. Give me Alan Lazard. Let's fucking plug him in and go get 20 points for me, bro. Let's fucking go. And then <laughs> you start Alan Lazard and you're like, holy shit. What a waste of $70 of fab. This guy sucks. And I'm afraid that, I, I mean, granted, his ADP is like, what, flex worthy now? Yeah. So you're, so you're not taking that much of a chance on him this year where you draft him. So if he is going to go from trash to treasure, you want it to be in your, you know, your flex. It's not like I get, like I said, it's not like he's a set and forget it wide receiver two in your line. Cause we, like I said, based on what I'm saying right now, him not performing in Devontae Adams' absences, it's not like everyone automatically, hey, says, yeah, next man up is Alan Lazard. That's the guy. We don't know yet, which is why it could be Sousa. It could be Lazard. But there's so many other guys who it could possibly be. Like, I, why do I have more faith in two rookies who we haven't seen play than I do Alan Rizard, who we have already seen play with Aaron Rodgers and not even come close to being the best receiver on the team? Like I said, it could be different. You have a whole offseason now to prepare with Lazard. Right. That's what I was going to say. 
Yeah, I mean, the only thing going for him is, like, I think it's kind of a flyer. It's like, is it going to be him? Is it going to be Dubs or Dobbs? Dobbs. Um, I don't fucking know. Dobbs. Uh, or is it, it going to be Watson? Because it's just a lottery ticket on all of them. Because, like you said, Glenn Lazard hasn't been consistent. He's been in the league for a few seasons now. Uh, and then you have two rookie wide receivers. So the bottom line is because Aaron Rodgers is throwing the ball, one of them is going to be a 1,000-yard guy. But it's which guy is it going to be? And Randall, Randall I, I would rather, yeah, right. I would rather go with the two. I know some people say, you know, you go with the devil, you know, as opposed to the one that you don't. But I would rather go with the two, one of the two rookies, um, because I don't know. I'm just not a Lazard guy. I haven't really ever been. So you're not but, a Lazard king. I'm not. I'm not a Lazard, Lazard king. king. Uh, but I mean, I do respect the pick, though. Susan. I feel like that's that's a good one. So hopefully, it proves if, people wrong. Mason, if you like Susan's pick, you're gonna love my pick for trash to treasure. Oh, because boy. my trash to treasure award winner for 2022 is none other than the Patriots wide receiver one, Devonte Parker. No way. Ah. If you'll excuse me. I'm going to go throw up. Tell me why, Mason. Tell me why it can't happen. Why can't this pile of heaking, uh, heaping, steaming, stinking trash of Devontae Parker last season turn into this pressurized coal that just forms into a diamond? Because, Glenn, fantasy team. I don't think people understand how terrible the Patriots offense is going to be this year. People cannot fathom this. They are it. going to be awful. Bro, you got the greatest quarterback. I'm sorry. You got the greatest head coach of all time with the future greatest quarterback of all time in Mac Jones. So don't you give me that. Don't give me that about not, not Patriots offense being black. We're coming for the AFCs. We're coming for the Buffalo Bills. We're coming for another chip, baby. Seven rings. Let's go Pats. The only thing they're coming for this year is the fucking number one draft pick. Jesus. Devontae Parker, what other wide receiver on the Patriots, like, even holds a candle to him? There's no pass. Which is sad to even think about. There's no no pass catchers that I'm like, holy shit, watch out for this guy. Watch the fuck out for Jacoby Myers. It doesn't matter when they don't have enough time to throw the ball. Do you realize that the new offensive line scheme that they put into play does not work? They can't block, Glenn. They can't block. Mason, I think you're forgetting. The Patriots were a playoff team last year. Yeah, and they're not going to be this year. Not even close. You think they got worse? Yeah. No, no, their roster did not get worse. Okay. The problem is that their coaching got exponentially worse. Now t- the players don't want to buy into the team concept of the fucking we are all Patriots, Patriot way, okay? <laughs> now you have two boobs in Matt Patricia and Joe Judge calling offense. Joe Judge, you know Joe Judge, the same guy who ran a QB sneak on third and eight, Glenn? That Joe Judge? <laughs> you have him calling offensive plays? No. <laughs> no. Damn. They, the rest of the team is looking around and saying, what the fuck are we doing? They had an offensive system last year that worked with Josh McDaniels. 
The new one doesn't work. And do you know why they even put the new offensive system in place? To dumb it down for those two fucking idiots. That's why. So the team's pissed. That's why they don't want to fucking deal with that shit. Okay? By week five, they're not going to have any buy-in on the team. Everyone's going to want to fucking mail it in. And they're going to be looking to the offseason. I'm sorry. That's what's going to happen. I hope I'm wrong. But... Devontae Parker isn't going to catch touchdowns because they're not going to be in the red zone because Matt Jones is going to get sacked on every play. Thank you. Holy shit. Mike. I'm going to piss. I'll let you stew on that. I'm sorry, Glenn. Mason just. He's supposed to be a Patriots guy. Yeah, well. I thought we were all Patriots. Not him. That was crazy. So, but I, I hear what you're saying, Glenn. Thank you. That's all I needed. One one of the two to confirm. Devontae Park is a, a good talent. He so. can be. He's just got to be on the field and stay healthy. And if his, if the Patriots are as bad as Mason says they are, then they're going to be behind, which means they're going to have to throw. to throw it. And we're not throwing a fucking John U. Smith, a fucking Kendrick Bourne, a fucking Jacoby Myers. Devontae and if Parker. if it does start as bad as Mason says it will, they'll probably change it week four, week five, and then you yeah. know, he could be and they'll better say, Oh, that. wait a minute, we signed Devontae Parker or we traded for Devontae Parker. There's a reason why. Because he's yeah. the most talented receiver we fucking have. And Mac Jones ain't an idiot. I like Mac Jones. Kids got a little got a little balls in him. <laughs> yeah, I love some- that. That's some dick in him, you know. He's got some dick and balls. And to be a quarterback in this league, you gotta have dick and balls. And I, I think Matt Jones will be all right. I don't know if the Patriots will get back to the playoffs uh, with how you know other teams have improved. But I don't think they're just gonna fucking haul it in and be a four-win team. No, I don't think so either. All right. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. All right. Well, good. At least one somebody does, you know. Right, let me put this down. Devontae Parker, capital letters. Trash the treasure. Suzu, who is your trash treasure? Adam Thielen? Alan Lazard. Oh, yeah. All right. Breakout player of the year, Suzu. Oh. Adam Thielen? Stop it. Because <laughs> he's already... He's already broken out. He has already broken but out. But you know who necessarily hasn't broken out yet? Who's, Who's going to be my breakout player of the year? Who's that? Glenn, you're probably going to like this. Oh. And so is Panacho. Oh. Kyle Pitts hey. is my breakout player of the year. And I know what you're saying. Souza, we already know he's good. He had 1,000 yards last year. What if I told you that you haven't seen anything yet? This man, I mean – I could just end it right here and say he's going into his second year. Good. And second year tight ends, that's that's the thing. Second year tight ends is when they tend to break out. Examples, uh, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, Rob Gronkowski. He had 10 touchdowns in his rookie year, only 550 yards. It wasn't until his second year where Gronk dropped 1,317 touchdowns, his best career year in his career. Is he doing the second-year tight end thing again? I mean, I mean, I'm already on three names. Still stupid. 
10 touchdowns. I said rookie Gronk from 10 getting 10 touchdowns is also stupid. (laughs) Yeah, that's because that's just he's so good that his baseline was that, and his second year was 17 touchdowns and 1,300 yards. OJ Howard did it. That was his only good year, but it was a second year. Who? OJ Howard. OJ Simpson? The Dalton guy Schultz. Someone? You could even say Dalton Schultz. This is his fourth year, but last year was his first starting tight end, and he just went into his second year. I'm sorry, two years ago was his first year starting. Last year, his second year starting tight end number three. Jordan that. Reed did it. So the list goes Jordan on. Reed. Yes, Jordan Reed. He was, he was fantastic uh, in his second year. And now we got Kyle Pitts, a man who already received 1,000 yards last year, but one touchdown. One I remember it, it was now, on a you, Sunday morning in London. <laughs> now, we always talk about touchdowns coming down for guys like James Conner, who get like 18 touchdowns. That works the other way when you only get one touchdown through 17 games. He's bound to get at least four or five. Why can't he do another thousand yards? It is a, I don't like uh, yeah. Mariota as much as Matt Ryan, but I mean, you know, if guys aren't that great of quarterbacks, a lot of times they might go to their bailout tight end. He's the best player on the team. Uh, we'll see what London does, but Kyle Pitts is basically a wide receiver um, in a tight end position. He's going to break out. Give him more touchdowns, same yardage. He's going to be a top top two tight end. Um, I agree with everything, Susan. And that one touchdown he had last year, like I said, was in London. He hasn't even scored a touchdown on American soil yet. It's kind of crazy. Something I think once think he does, the floodgates are just going to open. Kyle Pitts is the tight end to have this year. And I know you got your Kelsey's, got your Andrews, but Pitts is about to prove why he's in that same tier this year. So, yep. good pick, Susan. Mason, who's your breakout player of the year? My breakout player of the year is someone who I've been high on for both years since they've been in the league. And that is Michael Pittman Jr. You picked uh, him last year. I Yeah, well, guess what? This year is the year he actually breaks out because now he has a fucking good tour, quarterback, okay? Well, what did he finish last year? Let me look. He's in top 20. You he can't pick a guy 20. who's already broken out. That's not a breakout. Breakout's like top 10. From what he did before... Wide receiver 80 to wide receiver 17. Fine. I won't pick Michael Pittman Jr., Glenn. Thanks for poo-pooing on me. I mean, if you pick the same fucking guy every year, anybody should break out. They just get a little bit better each year. Oh, my God. Uh Uh-oh, Mason's scrambling. I'll relax. I'll I'll, I'll let you think of one while I go. My breakout player of the year is going to be a second-year receiver from the AFC East. No, he's not on the Patriots. Yes, he is on the New York Jets. And yes, he's on my fantasy team in multiple leagues. I'm talking about Elijah Moore. You know the, you know the hit Britney Spears song, Give Me More? Yes. I'm going to have that on loop every Sunday when Elijah Moore just keeps fucking getting yards, getting receptions, getting touchdowns. Because Elijah Moore, if I check the statistics real quick, if the app wants to load for me. Elijah Moore, rookie receiver last year in 2021, is now in his second year. And, yes, they did draft Garrett Wilson in the first round. 
No, I'm not scared of Garrett Wilson taking away from Elijah Moore. No, I'm not scared of Zach Wilson possibly not being the starter week one, week two, whenever he doesn't come back. Because Elijah Moore was doing it last year without Zach Wilson, with some bums like Joe Flacco and whoever else was starting at quarterback. Because Elijah Moore, after a little bit of a slow start, if I go to his 21-game log. Okay. Um, Once Elijah Moore hit week eight. Actually, I'll go go from the bye. After the bye, uh, week six, week seven, he had 10 points against New England, 11 against Cincy, 23 against Indy, 12 against Buffalo, 25 against Miami, seven against Houston, 17 against Philly, and then he missed the rest of the year due to injury. I saw a statistic that in that span, the only wide receivers that were better than Elijah Moore through that weeks that I just named to you <clears throat> were Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson. Wow. That's wild. With Elijah Moore being back, hopefully healthy for the whole year, uh, I think he's got the talent to be that breakout guy, man. I yeah, think he's, he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be what Michael Pittman was last year, and I think he will be a serviceable guy to start each and every single week, regardless of being on a shit New York Jets team. Right. That's always I, a concern, but yeah. I like him a lot too. All right, man. Since now more. I got time to think. Yeah, give me more. Okay. Give me, give me. DJ Moore? I have someone who's more in line with what you want, Glenn. Good. Give me what I want. You're going with Darnell Mooney. That was Susan's pick last year. No, I'm just, it actually was. But. It was. <laughs> yeah, well, this year he's actually going to break out. Obviously, he had a – he was relative, He was inconsistent, right? All right. I think this year he's going to be a much more consistent player. Obviously, he's the guy in that offense. Justin Fields – has to take the next step as a quarterback in this league. The guy who's going to benefit the most, Darnell Mooney. He's got the right. talent. He's no got Robinson. Ellen Robinson's out high. there. Jimmy Graham. Robinson out even out there last year? I couldn't he, fucking tell. He did stuff. He took some targets. All right. I'll, what did, I'll uh, tell you right now. What did Darnell Mooney do last year? Where did he finish? Uh, right now it says he's position ranked 24. So, I mean, technically he would be a wide receiver too, but I mean, I think his production was very boom or bust. Uh, yeah. he had quite a few weeks where he had below five points, five or below points. So, uh, five you below. know, five below. Whoa. If he gets a few more touchdowns, he already had a thousand yards. If he can up that a little bit more on both fronts. It's a big deal. You yeah, said maybe. he already had a thousand yards. Said yeah, he already had a thousand yards. Only Did four he touchdowns. Break out? I'm, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> do you, who do you want me to pick, Glenn? Do you want me to pick? Do you want me to pick Michael Gallup? Michael. Why don't you pick Kendrick Bourne? Okay. How would I pick? Uh, hmm. Let's let's look. How about uh, how about Keyshawn Vaughn? You want me to pick him? How about, how about Donovan Peoples Jones? You want me to pick him? You want to pick Zay Jones? How about Nick Westbrook Ikine? Do you want me to just pick every player that's in the last two rounds? Dickhead. Oh my god. I'm just saying. 
Season My breakout player year. is the mannequin man himself, Kenny Galladay. Oh, he broke the mannequin out. man. <laughs> Two years ago. Yeah, he broke out and then he went back into his fucking <laughs> shell. Jeez. Oh, Mason. <laughs> I can't wait to beat you this week. Yeah, I, I'm sure you can't. All right, here we go. Here's, here's the one that I know you got a good one for. This is going to be the fuck of the year. And you're usually spot on with these. So... <laughs> <laughs> Give All us right. somebody. Give us the guy who's going to fuck you this year. You want to know my honest opinion? <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm going to go with someone you guys are going to be like, you're a fucking idiot. Uh-oh. I'm going to go with Debo Samuel. Oh, no. Yeah, drafted him in a, a dynasty idiot. league. I'm going with Debo. Uh, and also, I am not spot on with these because I said Dalvin Cook was fuck of the year two years oh, yeah, ago. You're right. He was the best running back in football. Know, All right, yeah, tell me joke. more. <laughs> that's why I said it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, remember how I said earlier that Brandon Ayuk was going to benefit from Trey Lance being the quarterback? You know who's oh, not going to benefit oh, from Trey Lance shit. being the quarterback? Debo Samuel. You know who's going to get less usage in the backfield because Elijah Mitchell is back and healthy? Debo Samuel. Oh, shit. You know going to be very limited now because of that? Debo Samuel. Oh, shit. Damn. That hurt my feelings. We're talking about the wide receiver two last year. Something like that. Three. I think it was two in standard three in PPR, maybe. Um, I know uh, it's a hot take. I don't care. I mean, fuck the year kind of has to be a hot take, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. And if yeah. for those of you who are not familiar with fuck of the year is, fuck of the year, as we do our fuck of the weeks on our future shows, is the person who – you rely on week in, week out to get your fantasy points. Usually a high draft pick. I'd say at least first two rounds. And they just do not live up to that pick. Um, so Mason's saying Debo Samuel is going to fuck you this year and not live up to his pick. You think Brandon Ayuk's going to finish better than him? You want to make a bet? No. Right. Enough. If you're you're no problem. To, if, if you're not willing to say it, then obviously you're not, you know, I mean, if you're not willing to make a bet, then you shouldn't be saying no, it. No, it's a hot take for a reason. What the fuck? Well, you got to believe in your hot takes. No, I don't. Yeah, sure you do. I don't get paid to believe. You don't get paid I get paid to say stupid <laughs> shit. Just like Skip Bayless. Oh, man. All right. But do you think Brandon and I could finish better than Debo? Barring any injury, if they're on the field for the same amount of time, I'm gonna say yes. Oh man, to, I yeah. wish this thing was working. <laughs> I can do that for you. All right, Susan. Me? Yeah, All right. Your fuck of the year. I'm excited for this one. Okay. Now, this guy was actually a third rounder, early third in our draft, but I'm still gonna go with it. And Glenn might not be happy about it. And this is a little against what I was thinking earlier in the preseason. My fuck of the year is Ezekiel Elliott on the Dallas Cowboys. Now, this mofo. Now, how can he fuck you if you if you're taking him in the third round? Because he's gonna he's starting your lineup no matter what. Third round, he's either RB2, maybe RB1. At worst case, you're third running back and in your flex spot. 
you're starting Zeke. And he's not going to deliver on his ADP. That's really – he's going to fuck you there. You're probably going to want to sit him and be contemplating, man, should I start this dude on my bench who's been performing over a known commodity like Zeke? I defended this guy along with Glenn. He finished as RB6 last year and was like, wow, why is everyone hating on Zeke? He finished as RB6 through injury or whatever. That is a facade. That RB6 finish is fake news because the only reason he finished that high is due to injuries elsewhere. On a per-game basis, he was running back 16. People who miss three, four games and therefore finish below Zeke include David Montgomery, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, just to name a few. Hold on, let me see here. I might – shit. I think I have this. Uh, sort of, oh, DeAndre Swift, another one. All because they missed a handful of games. And I'm not talking like, oh, they, they had uh, three great games and then they missed the rest of the season. Like, these are people that played at least 13 games. They just missed three or Derrick four. Derrick Henry didn't play 13 games, so you can take right. him out. The only guys who had a small sample are Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry, who we already know are worlds above Zeke Elliott. The other guys who finished below Zeke, only because they missed a couple of games, but they scored better on a per-game basis, the list goes on. Furthermore, they lose Tyron Smith. They signed now, Jason Peters, which you forgot in the news. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> now, I know one guy on a line that's of at least five people, right? How bad can it be? Well, there's a study done. Three years of data, 400 running back attempts worth of data where when Smith was on the field, when they ran the ball, they were the best. Number one in the league. When he was off the field, they were last. Last. 31st in the league. Or, all right, maybe. yeah, 32nd. Maybe not dead last, but pretty damn close. (laughs) 31st. And not only that, but he is older. Maybe these injuries that he's been having are going to linger. Probably not. Okay. But if he finished at 16th best with points per game with Smith, and now he's not going to have him, and now you're not going to have maybe Amari Cooper on the team, and maybe the offense is just a little bit worse overall, I think Zeke, who's in everyone's starting lineup, is going to be on everyone's bench by the end of the season. Uh, just, oh a, just a quick oh note. Oh, my God. Craig in the chat said 58 yards per game for Zeke last year. That's Clyde-esque. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's still a tool, too. Right, Gomes? Susan, I would 100% agree with you if you're taking Zeke Elliott where you were taking him three years ago as a top 10 pick. I would 100% agree with you. He's being drafted in the third round. Naming the running backs. How many running backs are going before Zeke? Uh, 15 or 14, 14 or 15. Okay. So for him to fuck you is to not finish as a top, top 20 RB. And you don't think he's going to do that? Nope. I don't, I'm seeing it. It's not going to happen. Fuck of the year. So, so, so the Cowboys are just going to, essentially they're going to do what, what Mason says, Mac Jones and the Patriots are going to do. They're just going to fucking 
line up, get sacked, and not even come close to seeing the red zone. They have Tony Pollard. That's a whole other option. That maybe if the offense isn't as bad as the Patriots, they could just be using Tony P instead of Zeke. As bad as you say Ezekiel Elliott was last year, and again, and I'll throw this, I'll throw this up, Susan, because you can't do this. You can't predict touchdowns. How many touchdowns did he have last year? Uh, do you have it? No, I was asking you. One second. One. He totaled 12 touchdowns. 12 touchdowns. Okay. Can't say that's low. I can't. I can't. So you're telling me the Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott himself will be that bad to where you don't think he'll probably even get half of that? Sure, sure. I think he'll be RB like high 20s and in worst-case scenario in the 30s. That is absolutely ludicrous. That might be the worst take you ever had on your whole on, your whole, on this whole podcast. <laughs> Fuck of the year. There's no way. The only it way has he to be that you. dramatic if you're drafting him in the third round. It has to the, be. the only way he finishes RB30 or worse is if he misses time. That's the only way. In six seasons, he hasn't finished worse than RB13 in PPR. And that was when he played 10 games. Yep. And you're saying he's going to finish... RB30. Or high 20s. He's not going to deliver on his uh, RB15 ADP. I'm saying he finishes anywhere from 15 to 20. You draft him in the third round, you're drafting him as an RB2. RB3 for Zeke this year. I told you, people are going to want to bench him. Oh, my God. That's just – it's just disrespectful. Sorry. It's absolutely disrespectful. It's worse than Mason was disrespecting Devontae Parker earlier and Mac Jones. You're triggering me. I'm turning into Craig. Oh, my God. I mean, Stop. wow. I don't even know if I can say my fuck of the year. Well, let's hear it. I don't know. I mean... You're stunned. I'm just going to say it. I don't care. You broke your elbow. My fuck of the year is going to be Jamar Chase. Oof. Jamar Chase. I can hear Craig. I can hear him from Westport. Jamar Chase is being drafted in the first round um, in every draft. Every single fantasy draft. I don't think he goes – Past pick 12. Absolutely not. I'm not going to say Jamar Chase is going to be bad. I just think he's going to fuck you. I just think you're going to think that Jamar Chase is going to exceed and take that next step when you're drafting him to take a step that I don't think he can reach this year. I think T. Higgins is just as good and if not better than Jamar Chase. Ooh, but T. Higgins if hasn't not been better. Healthy. Wow. I, 
I mean, the numbers don't lie, guys. I saw a stat on Twitter, but I got to bring it up. See, I wish I could just save it. I just think T. Higgins is a better value from where he goes than Jamar Chase. And I don't think they're that far apart. The only thing that will separate T. Higgins and Jamar Chase is touchdowns. And if Jamar scores more, obviously he'd be, you know, like like significantly more. Like, say if he gets like six more touchdowns to T. Higgins, then Jamar will finish better. Receptions and yardage, I think it's close. I think T. Higgins might have more receptions. I think T. Higgins might have the same, if not more, yardage. And if T. Higgins just has to stay on the field. I don't think Jamar's going to fuck you. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't think Jamar's <laughs> it's fuck of the year. I don't think Jamar is going to break your team. He's just not going to give you the value that you want being that stud wide receiver. Like if Jamar Chase is on the board and the other wide receivers in Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson are off. Is, is, is Chase being drafted after um, those two? Yeah. Yeah. I would rather have Stephon Diggs than Chase. Fair enough. There ten times always, out of ten this year. I, you know, Glenn, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that take. I'll be honest. Yeah, there was inconsistency issues, and um, and I always had that doubt, thinking that if there's a chance he would get to me in our draft, would I feel warm and fuzzy inside having as my first pick? And the and my answer was, I don't know. I, I, there's some uncertainty there. Like, I, like I said, it's not a knock he on. He could do it. He can still do it, though. You know, it's it's not a well. The thing is, if you want to talk about ranks as far as the end of the year, his game is skewed by the fifty-five point game that he has in the championship week. Definitely, as far as as far as where he finishes, that that's what made him a top five receiver is that one game. It's the consistency issues. I don't think consistently you're going to re- be able to rely on Jamar Chase week in and week out, especially with how good that offense is, how many weapons they have. You're going to have a game where it's Joe Mixon getting twenty-four points. You're going to have a game where it's T Higgins doing his thing, and Jamal will do his thing too. Mason worried about the Super Bowl hangover from the Bengals. That could be a thing. Yeah, we have. From where you're drafting Jamar Chase, he's going to fuck you, and you should have took a running back. Yeah, he had five five of 17 games. Actually, I'm going to say 16 because he didn't play week 18. Five of 16 games which is 30%, he had four catches or less. I'm sorry, three or less catches. That's scary. He happened to get touchdowns like all of those. Remember, always Panacho always seemed to get bailed out by those touchdowns, even though he had a relatively shit game. Um, and then he has just several games under 10 points. One game, 0.8 against Denver. One catch for three yards. Um, but he can also drop 200-yard games. He did that twice last year. You don't see a receiver do that twice in one year. Right. So, so, uh, so if you want if you want to compare him to who used to be the ultimate rumor bust in Tyreek Hill, that's fair. You can. And in, in, in his second year with the Bengals. I just think Tyreek Hill was way more consistent than Jamar Chase is about to be. Like, you can, you can at least count on Rick for at least eight. Well, that was actually the same. I feel like the same argument, like like kind of like you were saying, was made for Reek, but then he proved us wrong. 
He right. was inconsistent initially. Like, can he do this? He was freaking making special team touchdowns. Like, this guy can't sustain this type of efficiency next year. But then he was consistent. And we said, and we said the same thing for Kamara, too. And he showed yeah. the consistency. Obviously, it's different with a running back. But in that Bengals offense, like I said, I think the better value pick for a Bengals wide receiver is T. Higgins and where you can get him. Yeah, I mean, look. There's no reason T. Higgins can't finish just as good, if not better, than Jamar Chase yeah. in 2022. Um, I mean, I'm personally not as high on T. Higgins as it sounds like you are, Glenn, but I just think um, that the thing is, is that it's not even necessarily that Chase, like you said, I think it's more the consistency issue because he ha- obviously he's very talented and he has the opportunity to give you insane games. But I think ideally, and I think you guys would agree with this, you don't want, like, yeah, one 55-point game is nice, but it'd be better if you gave me four 25-point games instead. Right. You know what I mean? So I think it's more of that. It's more of that issue. Um, and to be honest with you, I I can see that happening. You know what I mean? Like, the guys who he's going around, you know, Stephon Diggs, uh, Cooper Cup. I mean, Cooper Cup technically, you know, this the the seeds were there. I guess you could see that he was talented, but Matt Stafford kind of unlocked him. Well, first of all, Cooper Cup had the best wide receiver wide receiver season ever. Well, I know. I, 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 I know. I know what you're saying is that like we knew Cooper Cup like had potential to be that great. I just didn't think anybody thought he would be. Oh no! Nuclear no, last year. absolutely no one. No one believed that. Okay, but I mean, like, I'm just saying from a consistency perspective. He's being drafted around guys and guys that have been consistent. Like even Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is only in his third year in the league going into this year, but he has been fantastic since he came into the league. You know what I mean? Right. So last year, I was skeptical skeptical about Justin Jefferson. Yeah, I I was too. And he proved me wrong. Jamal Chase has the chance to do it right now. I think that's a pretty good chance. Yeah. He has a chance to do it. I'm just saying, for podcast purposes, out of all the guys going in the first round, and I guess if you want to put Devontae Adams in there, he probably could be a fuck of the year too because he's not going to be as good as he was in Green Bay. I'm just saying to where you're drafting that tier of wide receiver with Jamar Chase, I feel safer going running back in that area. Okay. And I think Jamar Chase just – not gonna live up to it. I tend to agree. That's the fucks of the year. So now that we got the bad out of the way, who will shine in 22? Who will be our stellar stars of the year? Can I go first? No. <laughs> Mason, go ahead. All right. Uh, my stellar star of the year is someone who I actually just talked about. I'm going with Justin Jefferson. Um, you know, I think in reality, you know, as good of a year, Cooper Cup had the best wide receiver fantasy year ever, right? So I think that's more of an anomaly uh, than anything. Not to say that he won't be good, but is he going to be that good again? Especially with Matt Stafford's elbow? Probably not. I think the most talented wide receiver in the league is Jefferson, personally. He is disgusting. He's nasty, and I think 
They didn't add really anybody in that offense in the offseason. Obviously, there are countless stats that back up that when Kirk has both Thielen and Jefferson on the field, Jefferson actually, I think, benefits from that because teams also have to focus on Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen's healthy going into the year. And I think if he can, honestly, I think if he can stay healthy the whole year, I think Justin Jefferson has a very, very good shot at being wide receiver one. Um, you know, also from this offseason, it looks like they're looking to use him in different ways, kind of like what they used to do with Stephon Diggs, like some stuff out of the backfield, uh, you know, adding that into his toolkit. And I think I think that he has a legitimate chance at being wide receiver one and being, you know, not to say that he wasn't a league winner before, but if he has, if you have him on your team, you are consistently being favored to win your, your games uh, week in and week out, just because of the fact that you have him as your wide receiver one. I like it. Can't um, argue. Just, Justin Jefferson's my number one wide receiver this year over Cooper Cup. So, yeah, I nice. agree, Manson. Go ahead, Susan. Say it. All right. Stellar star of the year, MVP, whatever you want to call it. It's Christian McCaffrey, hands down. <laughs> it's Christian McCaffrey, and it's not even close. Christian, I don't care what you say about Jonathan Taylor. He's young. He's healthy. He was number one last year. Number one last year didn't even come close to what Christian McCaffrey is capable of. McCaffrey, when he was number one, had 45 more points than – actually, I'm sorry – 65 I'm doing yeah 65 more points than Taylor that's that's like five to six games worth of points for your average everyday dude and Taylor had 500 more rushing yards one more touchdown and one whole extra game than McCaffrey did last year that year and he still had 65 more fantasy points because that's what McCaffrey's capable of he can give you a wide receiver one performance while giving you a running back one performance in the same year and Who's when to that say happened? that? What's that? When did that happen? 2019. What year are we in? 2020, 2022. <laughs> All right, just checking. And who's to say that won't stop? Oh, because he's going to get hurt? I'm not taking because he's going to get hurt as an excuse. And there is no evidence whatsoever that his production is dropping off because through the two years that he's been hurt, let me read you the point totals. First of all, 2020, that was the beginning of this disaster. He started fine, 27, 24 points, week one, week two. Then he got hurt. He finally mustered his way back on week nine, dropped 32 points before missing the rest of the season. Next year comes. He's finally able to start the season again. 23, 22, gets hurt week three. Comes back, plays less than half of the game, less than half the snaps, gets 13 points, which is 26 on a full game basis. Next week, 22. Next week, 21, gets hurt again. So his production hasn't dropped off. It's not like Alvin Kamara or Barkley when they had their high ankle sprain, they were hampered the rest of the year and they just weren't performing because of the injury. McCaffrey performs when he fucking plays. And I'm not going to, I'm not saying lightning is going to strike three times in a row here. He's going to be healthy barring any outlandish injury that might happen again. And if he's healthy, he's the best fantasy player hands down. That's why I like to hear Sousa. Oh, shit, yeah, on I'm, your team? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm quite frankly, I'm tired of hearing it. Because everyone knows this. It's no shock, it's no surprise that Christian McCaffrey is great. 
based on what we've seen last. His 2019 season scores over 400 fantasy points. Do we think he can get to 400 again if he plays a full season? I don't see why not. (laughs) I think we've seen his best season in 2019. I still think he can be great. I still think he's top two running back in fantasy. I think he's number one. But I just think 415. It's going to be 360. I think he'll be better than everyone else. That's fine. I just just don't want the mistake of people saying, why the fuck isn't he getting me 35 points every week? Whoa, 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 whoa. Not every owner of Christian McCaffrey is Craig. That's true. But I I get it, okay? I I get the Christian McCaffrey thing. When he does play, he's great and this and that. That's fine. It's just what you're forgetting, Suzo, and this is a big if. Last Friday night, where was he drafted? Number one. What happens to the number one pick? In our fantasy league, each and every single year, they bust. Mason, what happened on Sunday morning? I drafted Christian McCaffrey with the second pick. And what happens to people you draft? They bust. They bust. I'm a puppy. That's that's the freaking uh, the plaintiff's case. That's it. And then the judge is like, well, we rule Your Honor, over. I mean. I rest my case. The evidence is there. You know what I'm saying? It, it's just, I know. But we haven't tough. seen the first pick curse has not been tested with a triple down. We've never seen the same guy go first three years in a row. This is unprecedented. This could we never be. Saw, we never saw a double down. This could be the remedy. We don't know. This could be it. We were saying the same exact thing last year. And then it happened. Right. And then it happened, Susan. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not crazy for me to think that it could happen again. Oh, absolutely not. Just because it's been 10 years going. But But the problem is, what's going to happen? All right. So, say, all right. Like, are we really going to single-handedly end Christian McCaffrey's career? Well, well, how long is this going to go on for? How long? Like, say, say God forbid the same thing happens to Christian McCaffrey this year. Plays five games. Balls out in each of the five games out for the rest of the year. Next year, do we draft him a number one again? Is he the number two running back off the board? And provided what you just said, he sneaks in a couple games this year, and each of those games he balls out. But how long is this going to go on for? Until he's 30? Like, is every year, is this just going to keep happening and happening until over, he, over again? Until he stops producing. You know, if he can sneak in a few games a year where he's dropping 20 to 30 points every single time, I'm still going to buy into his, his uh, production. And quadruple down on he's not going to get injured this year. <laughs> I mean, it also depends what the injuries are going forward, too. I mean, like, if he, you know, I don't think that he's had, like, a significant injury. You know what I mean? My understanding is that it's been stuff that he's had to fight through. Like last year, I think it was a high ankle sprain. I'm pretty sure. Um, at least one of the injuries. Was. Yeah, there was like several things going. Um, but you know, a lot of times the thing that you also have to remember is that there are opportunities for him to fight through the injury. Obviously, he's expressed that he's wanted to come back, but sometimes Carolina has shut him down because they haven't been in position to make a run at the playoffs which is also something I guess you have to consider when you draft him. But, I mean, it's it's one of those things where I think there are some injuries that he can definitely fight through and continue to play. 
And like Sousa said, even when he does do that, it's not like Alvin Kamara or Saquon Barkley fighting through their high ankle sprains. He still produces at a ridiculously high level, at a ridiculously high rate. So. Um, okay. So I want to know. I just want to know if it happens again, when does it stop? <laughs> yeah, because the, the only thing – we haven't seen any production slow down, so the only case is he's going to get hurt. And I just don't think it's smart to predict injuries like that. Unless he's dealing with something, which right now he should be healthy. So, because yeah, I mean, look, you I'm gonna, the, I'm gonna, you, so here's the thing. I'm gonna go ahead, man. So you want to say? No, I was just gonna say when it comes to injuries. I mean, you can make the argument for literally anybody getting yeah. hurt at any given time. Because I mean, there are some times where like non-contact injuries happen, like ACLs, where a guy's knee just blows up. You know what I mean? Or uh, or, or an Achilles or something like that. You know what I mean? There, it it's sometimes it's just freak stuff. You know. Um, or like even Saquon's high ankle sprain last year. Obviously, he's been kind of he's been kind of injury plagued as well. But people don't talk about him in the same breath that they do as McCaffrey. You know what I mean? Um, and I mean, and his injury was kind of a freak thing where he stepped on his offensive lineman's arm or something uh, and and twisted his ankle. But I mean, yeah, I, I think kind of the same principle applies a little bit. You know, you you can't you that you can't predict it like. Just you have to you have to take the risk. I mean, he's he's that good of a talent. He certainly is. And you talk about injuries, that's gonna segue me into my stellar star of the year. I don't think you guys are ready for it. I'm ready. Hit me. So I feel like as confident as people are in Christian McCaffrey, this man I'm about to name. People are not on the same level of confidence. And I just, I have a hard time seeing why. If you think he, it may be a thing where you think he's going to get injured again. I just, from what this guy did last year when he played, he was going to shatter what Christian McCaffrey did in 2019. My stellar star of the year is Derek fucking Henry. Let me. Real quick. <clears throat> now, week one, Derrick Henry had to get his feet loose a little bit because he didn't play all preseason. So he only had nine points against Arizona. And the RB won nine points. You're like, eh, could be better. So week two, he said, hey, hold my beer. Let me drop 44 on Seattle. 44. <laughs> follow, that, follow that up with 17. Then a little 24-piece nugget in New York. Then 31 in Jacksonville, 34 in Buffalo, 15 in Kansas City, and then he gets hurt in week eight, only getting six points, misses the rest of the year. Um, Tell us where he finished with half a season. With half a season, Derrick Henry finished RB14 in standard. (laughs) That's crazy. 21 in PPR. I love this pick. I mean – Again, the only people, the only thing scaring people away are Derrick Henry and the injury risk. And this is last year was the first time Derrick Henry has got injured and missed a significant amount of time. And people are afraid with his workload, it could happen again. Let me tell you guys something the Titans will only go as far. As Derrick Henry goes and as Derrick Henry takes them. 
I don't think Mike Rabel will lose sleep at night running Derrick Henry, a 28-year-old Derrick Henry, 300 fucking times. Because that's how you're going to win the game. Yeah, that's the only way that they're winning games, man. Nobody can stop Derrick Henry. It's going to be a matter of if he stays healthy and if they continue to give him the ball. And there's no reason not to. Again, if he can play, he can play. You've gotten Derrick Henry in his prime for multiple seasons. You cannot waste this right now if you're the Tennessee Titans. So in 2022, if I'm the Titans, I'm giving Derrick Henry the ball as many times as possible because that's the only way they're reaching the playoffs. That's the only way their team's going to see success. And if he's doing that, what the fuck's stopping him from doing what he did last year? Glenn, I like that pick, man. Good Same. Some people say I'm a Derrick Henry guy. Well, you are. I just say I'm realistic. Hey, you're the president of the Derrick Henry fan club. That's true. I am. Self-appointed. We meet every Thursday night at 8. <laughs> you guys all put on your scorpion tail. Yeah, we do. And then we, we dance around the fire. Derrick Henry's the best. Derrick Henry's the best. All right. Let's move on here as uh, we begin to wrap things up. All right. I'm going to say it because um, last year, when we do the pigskin pick'em, we're challenging you, the listeners, the viewers, to defeat us three. Us three NFL picks, straight up, no spreads, just to compete and say, ha-ha, I beat the Stellar Stellar guys in weekly picks. I know more than they do. And last year, somebody did. But like the cowards they were, they failed to claim their prize, which means now the prize is double. And not only has it doubled, we have now added a new game to the Seller Seller podcast called the Eliminator Challenge on ESPN. That's right. So now you're competing with us in two separate games. The Pigskin Pickles that you know and love, where week to week you pick every single game and go head to head against us. But now, if you're not doing good on the pickums, maybe, just maybe, you might have a chance in the Eliminator Challenge. And the Eliminator Challenge is you pick one team per week to win their matchup. And then once they win, you cross them off, and you're good, and you move on to the next week. So what we're going to do on this year's podcast is every single week, we wrap up, wrap up you know, our weekly recap. We're going to go through the pickums for the next week, and then we're going to give you each our Eliminator pick on uh, who we think is has the best chance of winning this week. Are you guys ready to start it off in the pigskin pick? Now, are oh, we keeping I'm... track of that manually or? No, it's no. on It's it's on the same same website, ESPN Fantasy, pigskin pick them. Oh, Eliminator Challenge, okay. Eliminator Challenge right there. And yes. both groups, when it says join a group, in order to see your entry and compete with us head-to-head, you have to join the Stellar Seller Podcast group. As soon as you type in Stellar yeah, Seller comes Podcast, up will come up. You click right in it, you join that group, boom, your entry's saved. That's right, baby. Let's start with the first pigskin pickle of 2022. Thursday night football, we have the reigning defending Los Angeles Rams on their home turf with a possible Super Bowl matchup as the Buffalo Bills 
travel to L.A. Who you guys got on Thursday night in the first game of the season? Taking the Bills, baby. That's the easy pick, but, like, I don't know here. I feel like that's too easy of a pick. It is. I'm going with the Bills. Me too. I don't know. Even though they're not home? Even though they're not home, even though the Rams are defending the Super Bowl, three reasons. LA's got fake fans. Matt Stafford's got a bum elbow. And Josh Allen is about to go fucking apeshit on this league after how he got eliminated last year in the playoffs. And they're going to make a big statement week one by defeating the Super Bowl champs in their home stadium. And Buffalo is going to put the whole NFL on notice. You remember when we had to question whether Josh Allen's diaper was full or not? See, I, never, I never questioned <laughs> My man is potty trained. Oh, okay? Yeah. He certainly is. Don't uh, get so it twisted. I'll, don't get it twisted. Brawl on Buffalo. Um, moving on to Sunday, 1 p.m. games. We got New Orleans Saints. New Orleans Saints. New Orleans. Going down to Hot Atlanta to face the Falcons. What do we think? Um, Saints. 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 This isn't as interesting as I thought it'd be. <laughs> um, the San Francisco 49ers are traveling to Chicago to face the Bears. Man, these one o'clock games blow. <laughs> Niners. Yeah, I'm taking the Niners. Niners. All right. Moving on. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to Cincinnati to face the AFC champion, Cincinnati Bengals. Give me the Bengals. Bengals. This matchup isn't what it used to be. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So we don't no more, in no more big fat rapists. What? Not yet. Mitch Trubisky? No. Okay. We mean not yet. Not yet. I don't know. He New sucks. Team, better team. Better okay. weapons. Better coach. Papa John. Oh, John's. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. The Philadelphia Eagles are traveling to Sousa's Detroit Lions. Sousa, I know you watch Hard Knocks. Last episode comes out tonight, by the way. They get me uh, hyped. I know. Dan Campbell's coach. They make me want to draft Amon Ross St. Brown. They make me think their defense is going to be elite. But then you see the scores in these preseason games, and they're still getting their ass kicked. So, yeah, but, the thing, <laughs> but the thing is, it's preseason. Their guys are on the field. It's the Lions. Give me the Eagles, man. Come on. I'm going with the Eagles, yeah. I'm going with the Eagles. But I thought too. about it. All right. I already know this next game is going to piss me the fuck off. What next game? The Patriots and the Dolphins. Patriots, oh. you, Patriots travel to Miami, play the Dolphins. It's I'm taking there. the Dolphins. You're the worst Patriots fan I've ever met, dude. Dolphins. No, I'm not a homer. I'm okay? taking the Patriots. Go ahead, take the Patriots. Because the Patriots are going to shut guys like you up. I hope <laughs> they do. But until then, thanks for the free win. I'm taking the Patriots because Tua is going to be like, oh, man, it's too hot. I can't throw the ball to Tyreek. And uh, he's probably going to – I'm going to say at least five incompletions to Tyreek Hill. I'm going to say Mac Jones gets sacked at least five times. How about that? I would say Mac Jones has a perfect passer rating week one. Oh, shit. It's getting – it's just escalating. Oh, my God. Anyway. Dolphins. Uh, so that's the first game we picked differently. I'm picking the Patriots. 
All right, who wins this matchup? Baltimore Ravens going to the Jets. Baltimore. Ravens. Baltimore. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to Washington to face the Commanders. <laughs> what was I that about? I'm taking Commanders. the Jaguars. Me too. Yeah, I'm taking the Jaguars too. What? <laughs> Come on, I man. I knew Bates was going to be pissed about that. Yeah, I was like, they're not going to pick the Jaguars. They're going to pick the Why Commanders. Why the fuck would I pick the Commanders? I don't their know. Best play, their best player just got shot. <laughs> Poor guy. I believe in the Jags this year. Watch out for them. Yeah, me too. All right. Um, Baker Mayfield going up against his old team is the Cleveland Browns coming to Carolina to face the Panthers. Baker Mayfield revenge game. Give me the Panthers. Yeah, me too. Also, the Browns are going to fucking suck this year. Yeah. I got McCaffrey, so I've got to go with the Panthers. <laughs> that's the only reason. I guess, yeah, that's true. You're like, McCaffrey's playing? They got a shot. It's a huge difference. McCaffrey's man. not playing? Ugh. It's the other team. Um, the Indianapolis Colts go to Houston to face the Texans. Indy. I'm picking Indy, too. Not Ryan. Yeah. Going Indy. All right, we're on to the 4 o'clock games now where the New York football Giants travel to Tennessee to face the Titans. Tighten up, baby. Tighten up. Tighten up. This isn't fun. You guys suck. Who will win this matchup, the Green Bay Packers or the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota? Give me the Vikings. Vikings. I picked the – you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm picking the Packers. I got to (laughs) change Because I had the Vikings, I was like, wow, I think a lot of people will be picking the Packers, and you fucking douchebags pick the Vikings. I'll pick the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers, we trust. All right, 425, we got the Kansas City Chiefs going to Arizona to face the Cardinals in the red zone. Give me the Chiefs. Chiefs. Cardinals. Oh, okay. Pick the Cardinals here. Why? You got a little bit. I think um, this this Chiefs team's not going to have Tyreek, and I want to. I'm going to buy over Chiefs until I see the Chiefs get it situated with Juju, with Sky Moore, MVS. Let's but, see them figure it out first before I start thinking they're still the best. Team. The Cardinals don't have DeAndre Hopkins. It's okay. They got Hollywood. You're also they got James Connor. Got Kyler who can run. They got AJ Green. You know who the Chiefs them still up. have, Souza? The best fucking tight end in football. Oh, they don't have Kyle Pitts. You mean Grandpa Kelsey? <laughs> Andrews is going to be better than him. I'm going to throw up. Dalton Schultz. Move on to the next game. Pitts is going to be better than him, too. Dalton Schultz is a offensive lineman now, Glenn, whether you like to admit it or not. <laughs> Ouch. All right, now this is your four o'clock AFC West banger. Ah, hey, the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders. Traveling. Traveling. Traveling to Los Angeles to face their heated rivals, the Chargers. Give me, um, I'm going to take the Chargers. Vegas Raiders. What? Yeah. Give me the fucking Raiders. <laughs> Damn. No, Chargers. 
I'll take the Raiders. It's the Raiders. Raiders. It's always been the Raiders. It's always going to be the Raiders. There's I'll no take, one else. I'll take the win there. Black hole. You know How's that? Are you forgetting about Dave Adams? Nope. <laughs> I'm thinking about – I didn't forget about Mike Williams either. I think you did. Why didn't you draft him again? Oh. <sighs> it's a long story. <laughs> and then on Sunday Night Football, <laughs> we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going down to Dallas and Jerry World to face the Cowboys. Buccaneers. Apparently the Cowboys are going 0-16. Zeke's not getting any touchdowns, so pick the Bucs, Susan. I'm picking the Cowboys. What the f- – okay. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm calling for the Bucks regression. Are you are you doing the Max Kellerman? Tom Brady is, is – uh... Yeah, he is. He just doesn't want to say oh the C word. Oh, God. <laughs> Yep, I'm uh, I I'm not down on Zeke in particularly. Is this the now? But I'm down on the whole team of the Tom Bucks. Brady's in, de- in decline podcast. I don't want to be a part of this. Oh, I'm picking the Bucks. I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm picking the Bucks. You're the worst Cowboys fan I've ever seen. <laughs> there you go, Mason. I'm <laughs> picking the Bucks. <laughs> the thing is, Mason, the Bucks are actually good, and the Dolphins aren't. Just because the Dolphins aren't good doesn't mean they're not better than the Patriots. I don't know what you mean by that. Not in week one, though. Okay. We'll see. Take the Bucks. And then on Monday night, we have Russell Wilson returning to Seattle to face the Seattle Seahawks. Love it. Broncos. Broncos. Let's ride. Broncos Broncos country. country. Let's fucking ride. And how many total? What? No, go ahead. I said, how many total points have you scored? I'm going 48. 42. 42. Oh, hey! What happens if we tie? It's not gonna matter. You guys have to kiss. Not gonna, not gonna matter because you guys picked, you picked the, the fucking Chargers and the Dolphins like a dumbass, and the Cowboys. So it is gonna matter. Um. Well, what I was gonna say is, uh, we are unofficially like I feel like we all say that we support like one team, like officially on our podcast every year. Do we want that to be the Broncos this year? I'm okay who's with it. Who's the team that we laid last year? Um, I don't know. I feel like there was one team that we rooted for. I, I uh, either the Bengals or the Browns. We always root for the Browns. Cleveland. We were pretty high on the Bengals, especially in the playoffs. We were. Right, we would always we would always pick the Raiders, Glenn. Sorry, I'm the mean, Raiders. I'm Raiders right till I die. So let's let's uh. I'm gonna. I'm I'm. I suggest. The Broncos, our podcast team. I'll, I mean, I'm not going to say no because I have so much fantasy stock inside the Broncos. So do I. <laughs> um, but I can't turn my back on Raider Nation. Raiders. The Raiders were my AFC team, and they just got better. So I got to stick it out with the Raiders. Well, no. Okay, look. If the Raiders played the Broncos, I'm going to pick – I want the Raiders to win. The Raiders yeah. to win. But I want them to win like 52 to 51. Exactly. It fucking lays a show. The DJ's going nuts in the end zone in Las Vegas. Everyone's in the club raging. Yeah. Everyone's dancing. I love it. Uh, 
Yeah. That being <laughs> said, I do like me some Denver Broncos this year. And if we segue over to the Eliminator pick, um, my pick for week one is going to be the Denver Broncos. There is no way in hell that Russell Wilson is going to lose his game returning to CenturyLink Field in front of Seattle. There is no way Geno Smith is going to make Russell Wilson lose that game. I think Broncos against Seattle is the safest pick you could probably do. Um, I respectfully disagree. I'm going to pick oh, yeah? the, Ra- the Ravens against the Jets. Picking the oh. Ravens. Is that, isn't there a strategy to be like – try to pick a team that you might not like later in the season, but has a good matchup this season, rather than going with the obvious ones, because then they're gone when you might need them most. Yeah, right? but the thing is, I don't know when I can pick the Broncos again because they're in such a tough division. All right, so, okay. So you are not just going with the more obvious answer. You're going with some strategery, too. Yeah, because I thought about – I thought about touch- so, so the problem with that with some strategery is, like, say, like the Jaguars and the Commanders. You say, yeah, you know, I think the Jaguars have a good chance to beat the Commanders because this is probably the best shot they're going to have all season. If I pick them and then the Commanders beat them, I'm like, oh, that's dumb. I should have just run the Broncos. And you only need to ever pick 17 teams, so you never even have to pick the Jaguars, right? Right. Not necessarily. Pretty sure. So, But I'm going to go with the Colts here. They're a team I'm probably not going to want to pick that much later on, but I think they have a really good chance of winning. Against the Texans? Texans? Yeah. See, I, I like to try to stay away from divisional games. So it can go either way. I agree with Glenn. And actually, if I remember right, correctly, the Colts do not travel well in that division. I'm picking the Ravens. I'll play safe for now. I've never done this before. So you're, you're both picking the Ravens? Well, Sue's a cop. Eliminator? Oh, okay. okay. Everyone so is. Guys, They're the highest guys, picked team in here. Well, I'm changing that to the Broncos. Uh, Broncos on Monday night, Broncos country. Let's rock. All right. Um, before we leave, Susan. Oh, shit. I brought to you by Dirt Burgers. So glad that they're back as our sponsor again. Shout out to uh, Dirt Burgers. Mason, Susan, are the burgers good? Dirt. 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 Week one. Sizzling hot takes. Let's fucking hear them, boys. I got one. Yep. Patriots got nobody in their secondary. No one. Tyreek Hill is going to have over 200 scrimmage yards. You could have said 150. Nope. Over 200. And he's scoring two touchdowns. Put it in. Mine. Is going to be, it's kind of like a tie into a season long hot take. And that's on the Jaguars. Basically, my season long hot take is that they're going to be a dark horse and that they're probably going to, they're going to be in the playoffs. 
Okay. They're going to get a wild card spot. And it's going to start week one when they destroy the commanders and score mm, at least 35 points. All of Christian Kirk, right? I don't know that. Uh, the sources didn't tell me that. Oh, oh okay. The, the bushes. <laughs> the whispers in the bushes. That's right. Forgot about the bushes. Um, if you're getting all your information from there, you should get some new shrubbery outside your house. I'm just saying. My sizzling hot take is that on Thursday night, the Buffalo Bills go into L.A., and trounce on the L.A. Rams. I'm saying they win by at least 21 points. Oh, Damn. Okay. I'm telling you, man. Josh Allen's he's mad. Big mad. Yes, he's big mad. Um, that was like Sizzling it. Hot Takes brought to you by Dur Burgers. Once again, gentlemen, are the burgers good? Dur. Dur. Week one is here. We have our fantasy teams. We are two days away from actual football. And Mason, you're going down, pal. Hey, Glenn. Greg, you're going down. Are we going to do whatever? I mean, that's fine. I don't really use my Twitter anymore, though. What do you use? Uh, How about we just let's just change your LinkedIn? Yeah, change my LinkedIn. Start posting dick pics on my on my fucking LinkedIn profile. No. what if we just do something simple like um, Applebee's? Applebee's. <laughs> yeah, if we win, if you win, half price apps. No, yeah, can't beat win, those, man. We can, we'll, we can go. I'll take it to Applebee's. Okay. All right. What if I? What if you win? You gotta take me to ninety nine. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I go there every fucking week. <laughs> Oh, 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 sucks. <laughs> now you're going to go there twice in one week because I'm kicking your ass this week. Bill. Susan, good luck against Craig and the toilet bowl Thank rematch. You. Good luck to you um, both. Honestly, <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't know what's going to happen in your game. Craig, Craig says he's on some new shit this year. He's, this is his league he's prioritizing the most because of the dread and embarrassment he felt last year as the first <laughs> champion to get the toilet bowl. So you might be in trouble. But then again, everything he just said might all just be gas. So you're right. probably all right. <laughs> you're probably all right. And you and usually start out the season hot, too. You know, you usually start like 4-0, and 5-1, and one, then you trade Mike Williams or four Mike Williams, and then you're in the toilet bowl game. Well, he can't do that this year, so that's good. Mm. No, no, I can trade, trade for four. him. Yeah, you can. No, I don't make trades. So, oh, two point. Gotcha. <laughs> Anything you guys want to say uh, before we wrap this up? Uh, no, just you know, uh, really excited to do be doing another season of uh, podcast for you guys. Another season of fantasy football in the Westport League. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, ask me if I'm if I feel that way in about eight weeks when my team is one in seven. And I want to kill myself. But Fair right enough. now, I'm happy to be doing this with you guys. And, uh, you know, Same. happy for another year in, in the league, man. Oh, yeah, and in Craig's league, too. Susan, you got something to say? I'm hungry. <laughs> Me, too. And tired. I hope you feel better, Susan. 
Yeah, Legs. my feel better. getting a beating right now. Just so you can get to You're what? My throat. It's taking a, a beating. What? It's taking yeah. a beating on this podcast. Oh yeah, take a beating after the podcast too. <laughs> Uh, Glizzy, I, I will plead the fifth on this one. <laughs> oh, <Whoa. laughs> all right, um, let's get the fuck out of here. Bye bye. Bye bye.